work. Okay. I did not think so. Hello, okay. and welcome to Too Rash, Too Unadvised, Definitely Something, Perhaps the Stars. My name is Liam Nolan. Mine's Wero Karyuki. And I'm Nemo. And I'm Alejandro Ansele Casala. And with many thanks to our Lord and our Savior, Thomas Hobbes. And a mortal tyrant, who I'll, of course, kill. And with many thanks to our Lord and our Savior, the Reader. A mortal tyrant, who I will also kill. We will continue with the show. Hello, and welcome to the final part of Chapter 31. First, I'd like to apologize for the inconsistent release of this final chapter. Life and technology have conspired against me. Next, this isn't the end of our discussion of Tarek Nada. Over the next few weeks, we plan to discuss each book in turn uh, in the context of the entire series. To play our friend Johnny's Tarek Nada themed game, and also to do our, our customary FX Bowl. Finally, as always, as always, email us with comments, questions, or if you want to be a guest, at toorashed, unadvised at gmail.com. Now the show. I feel oh, like this is going to be a nightmare to listen to as a podcast. It's going to be a nightmare to edit. So yes, I the editing definitely made a joke about having everybody having separate introductions. But truly, true God, oh God, I will just have at this point three separate episodes, each two hours <laughs> long. Yeah, I, mean, I have that's... plans for after this, but it's seven hours deep, and we just got two new guests. Like it. Uh, I have now I canceled really the other stuff I had. Let's do this. What do you guys want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, it depends on what has already been covered. Yeah, you know, it's so yeah. much and yet so little. Yeah, do whatever. So I can definitely do a uh, my first initial impressions on what happens to the Utopians because, boy, howdy, I had... I was angry uh, the first yeah, time. You I was had a, a whole breath You were angry? I was exceedingly positive. People, people Why? Go on, sorry. Hold like, on. I will uh, grab my... Because I did a whole rant on the podcast server, so I'm going to... Or not the podcast server, the TI server, so I'll see if I can grab that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a second reading for me to be okay with it. Oh. Oh, but now you've realized that it's the best thing that could have happened to them. The best, but I definitely am less upset. Okay, well... Perhaps I'm the tiniest bit biased in that it's my precise plan and I like my plans, but... To never settle? To just have Mason make them do it, yeah. Oh. Because my big issue was, uh, I think it was like the fact that they never settle or are not allowed to settle. Individual utopians can settle. No, they cannot. Like, guess what? You want to be settled? Stop being a utopian. That's true. That's harder than you'd make it sound. Especially given the context. No, um, it's not. Absolute exit rights. Um, the thing is, Utopia... I wish Harold was here, because if I recall correctly, they are the most considered ethnic group of all of the... They're just an ethnic group, I, yeah. I can't... Yeah. We have been over that. 
Yeah, they just by definition are. We we um, it came up in the genocide uh, trial, uh, where I argued strenuously against it, but that's only because I they were my I was defending the cousins. Okay, here's my long ranty bit. Let's see. Alejandro can absolutely talk over while I uh read oh, my opinions um, from forever ago. Okay. <laughs> See, I don't want to change the topic and then have to change it back to this. So I'll just say my own thoughts on this ending um, with the Utopians. I personally um, was very surprised when I read it the first time. Um, I was like, okay, like why? It felt like a punishment, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. It felt like the Utopians had done something bad and were hence being banished into space. And actually, I just today, while I was rereading the chapter in preparation for um, hopefully joining at some point, which took longer than I wanted, but anyway, um, the uh, um, I just recently thought of the metaphor of um, there are multiple references to gardens within this chapter. Um, there's um, the ending of Candide, of course, um, is Voltaire saying to cultivate your garden. Um, and in this same sense, um, uh, J.D. Mason's last uh, unique title that Mycroft uses for him in narration is the Good Gardener, um, which I felt was like a very uh, kind of reference in tune with that. But what is the most one of the most famous gardens in literature is the Garden of Eden. And they're doing their best to make Earth better, like a garden, like an Eden. Um, but Utopia is being exiled from it. They're being cast out um, symbolically and um, and literally and um, just as the serpent um, gave the tree of life um, or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, but in this book, if you, you can almost count Bridger as the serpent and you can count the tree of life um, or the tree of knowledge of good and evil as the healing potion. Um, Bridger gave them the keys to um, eternal life. And because they found it, they've been banished from the garden um, and they're being sent out to toil ceaselessly just as Adam and Eve are banished with the statement to work for their own, um, their own, um, in order to survive, they have to work and grow their own food. Um, and in a similar way, Utopia is being sentenced to ceaseless toil. And I just think that was just like a symbolic interpretation that just occurred to me. Um, so I haven't really processed it all that much, but I just saw the similarity. Oh. It's like, it's like Wally. It, I think it, I actually just really isn't agree. The punishment though. But okay, so let me. I found the thing again, and I'll just uh, uh, I'll just read over. Okay. So this is this is like literally my reaction as I was hearing it, mm -hmm. like point for point. Mm -hmm. Ah, let's see. But forcing us uh, uh, from ever settling setting down the ore will just make people want to join Utopias less. God, why? We do strive for striving's sake, but for even a humanist, the gratification of rest and accomplishment is important. It's about being able to choose to pick up the ore again, and let's have that, and let's have, and let's us have the strength to do so. This is horrible, and this will kill the hive. Utopia is already the loosest and smallest of hives, and of the like, the off words of one person caused this. The fact that it, this is literally a punishment slash a choice being forced upon the entire hive because of a singular person's off words of a, a question they didn't know the seriousness of. They spent the last who knows how long talking about the modifications to try and prevent the war, and now you're going to bottleneck all that design work. Anything at all could be a weapon is a no-go, so that's so goddamn many things. So, so many things can be a weapon. Like, any advances in engineering. And then you strip them of a home, something that is literally considered inhumane to do. 
You critique all slavery allegory of the servicers, but then do this. Having people toil for hundreds of years only to kick them out again and again and again. Based off one human's answer to a random question. In what universe did this seem like a good idea? Jed Mason won't be around forever. This I came to actually disagree with. Do they think that the rest utopian all of future people who will never, ever, ever meet this guest be okay with this? Mycroft, this is not a gift, this is death. And, but the, uh, and what do you think that will make the seal- sailors more kind? This entire thing is apparently, according to Jed Mason, was from him asking if Providence asked you what was more important, first contact or Mars, and actually answering. And that's the thing. It was from one person in the hive. This is cruelty to experience Sniper and the Humanists. Fuck you, Gordian and Utopians and Jed Mason for thinking that we won't always be striving. That's everyone will settle. First, thinking that everything humanists stand for is pointless, That because that's what this is saying. This is saying that us as a whole will settle, that eventually we'll lack any individual who doesn't look up at, uh, and dream to push their way through the stars, and that we need to be punished. You think that this is the best answer? No. The answer is that we have to choose it. How dare, how do you fucking dare literally snub every goddamn thing humans stand for? So a lot of my initial opinions was the fact that this was kind of viewed as a punishment from Jed, because Jed did two things. To Faust and to the Gordians, he took away their secrecy, which is extremely important to the Gordians, Faust and everybody. They are very obsessed with the fact that they are only them know Brilla stuff, only them knows that. So getting rid of that is very harsh, uh, as much as it doesn't seem like it is. Um, and for the Utopians, they are being cursed to, you know, basically wander forever like the Wandering Jews and, you know, like Odysseus and a bunch of other things. But the fact that this comes across or is kind of initiated it as, oh, well, this will make it or temper or improve the people, you know, that this huge fallacy that people will give up uh, the stars, that people, you know, a lot of people just, you know, give it up. And it's like, fuck you. We literally just had a humanist rant like three chapters ago. You really think that we need this? To push people to continue. Do you really think all of humanity is just gonna one day look up at the stars and go, nah. Like, fuck you? And that was my initial. Well, I think it actually is less in conflict with the specific humanist rant than you're making it out to be. Yeah, so like I said, this was my initial on my first read. So this was fresh Um, off me literally like reading, blasting through it. Yeah, but to to be fair, I do think this is going to cause a, a, a war. Um, or, you know, that's fair. A lot of people have been pointing out maybe the utopian people won't be utopians anymore. That's also a pretty fair uh, thing. One of those two things will happen, I think. Listen, um, she thinks everything's going to cause a war. Ignore uh, the war stuff. <laughs> I think. It, yeah, Why are you so- both so convinced this is a punishment? It's exactly what utopians want. Because it's phrased oh. exactly. It comes... It's phrased it's, as a punishment, yeah. and it's phrased as the opposite of what's happening to the Brillis, which is Brillis being forced on secrecy. So it is it, technically by Jed Mason's thing. It is the punishment for having the uh, for having the trunk war. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's help, technically according to I, I think it's literally text. It is text that it is help. Yes, the Utopians oh, are yeah. not being punished. Uh, to Liam's point. I um I agree that it may be what the utopians need, but I do not think it's what they want. Um, I um, think there's a difference. Plus, yeah. like, it's a, it, it's not necessarily true. Like punishments, how do I say? Uh, I expect Jed of all people to think punishments are there to help people. Yes, like yeah. a punishment does not have to be 
a necessarily bad or evil thing. A thing can be a punishment and also a way to teach someone something or a way to help somebody. Now, like, maybe. this just isn't cool. either. But, um, you know, it's a thing they don't want. It's a thing they do want. No, they don't want to be chased. No, literally, yes. literally, the, forever. the entire, the far. entire point, the entire, the, it is a punishment, at least in the sense that they were not able to, no one was able to agree to it. It was made off an off comment by Huxley by one question they didn't know the actual importance of, and therefore everyone else of the hive was not able to agree upon it. Yes, they can leave the hive, No, but that is still... No. They agreed to surrender, quote, completely to the Masons. Yeah. They Valid. did agree. Nope, we they did. We're not, we're not sure about how, how that happened. And I don't think it happened. Like the, the I sort think of it was a mistake. Five wide votes. Oh, it is uh, a mistake. And yes, they did surrender completely. However, Oh, by complete, they just meant mostly? No, by complete, they meant completely. However... Um, there are still things by like individual rights and individual. What's the word I'm looking for? Something oh. can be bad, can be a punishment, even if you surrender for it. Like if you surrender, yes. the police, it doesn't mean the police can't yes. metaphysically no, no. punish you. Let me be clear. I say one, this isn't a punishment, and two, this isn't something nobody agreed to. No, they did agree to it. I will. I will say that there's a word I'm looking for, and I just is escaping me. But anyway. Um, the thing is, is, it is a punishment if only because they are actually being stripped of a human right, or what is considered a human right, at least in this era, which is the right to a home. The Utopians were willing to start a world war in order to ensure that the world was bad enough that they would still want to leave. Yes. Jehovah has given them the solution to that problem, and there isn't a war required. Yes. Agreed. It's not a punishment. For sure, it's also a punishment. The punishment isn't in the uh, travel, as I see it. It's in the taking away the property from them. It, because when, they wanted to hold Mars as their property, which is also they, one of the major causes of the war. They have no property. Now they now. now. And a week ago, they had no property. They gave Look, up their property to the Masons. Masons can have property. Would you say a Masonic yes, member Masons has to have, have property? Masons. Okay, what do you, why wouldn't the same be true of someone who surrender? Like, just because you surrender doesn't mean you surrender everything immediately, right? Yes, also, just because immediately. I, I surrender, um, like, say America surrenders to a different country, like, say, Canada, for example. That doesn't yeah. mean that a random Canadian can come to my house and take my house. No, no, but you can absolutely, the, the government... Uh, sure can do stuff with government land. You can probably uh, eminent domain your house. Yeah, absolutely. With government land, yes, but there is a lot of rules when it comes to eminent domain. Utopians only have government land. They're space communists. Um, no, they have uh, they have cities. They have utopian cities on the um. Yeah, and who owns them? Yeah, uh, I'm okay. pretty sure utopians have like very little personal property actually. And um... because they had a lot of because they had a fuck ton of money. Oh, Uto yeah, uh, let me be clear. Government, the government, if you will, of Utopia has a ton of money. Utopia ah. don't have property. I wonder. Okay, like, you're talking how... about Utopian. Oh, anyway, Alejandro, you keep being cut off. Oh, sorry. No, all I wanted to say is that the uh, 
the agency that's taking him over in this case is the Mason. Agency! Sorry, that's okay. the word I was looking for. Oh, okay. And the Masons essentially don't have a bureaucracy in the same way that would require all the rules. If the Emperor wants your property, I'm pretty sure he can just take it. The Masons yes. have yeah. a lot of bureaucracy, but they also can just do that thing, yes. Sorry, agency was what I was looking for. In another, in another, uh, what's the word for it? Another use of the word agency. Agency was the word I was looking for in the sense that uh, they're taking away everyone, um, a lot of the uh, humans' right of agency. But in any case, um, I have since the second reading, I've come around to this um, mostly because I I thought of what Liam thought of, which is you can leave the hive and therefore settle. Um, there's always that, but I'm still kind of minorly disgusted because. It still means that at the end of the day, Jed and other people still thought that they kind of needed this push in order to in order to seize the stars. That like humans would just stop wanting to do that, and it's like fuck you, mate. So, <laughs> like, let me pitch something, which is yeah. let's say Jehovah doesn't think that, but he's looking at the world, and Utopians were so convinced they needed the push, they were willing to like burn it to the ground, prepare for a war. Do right. all kinds and of I was crazy pissed at the Utopians about that too. But if Jehovah doesn't think they'll need the push, but does think Utopians believe it, it's still correct for him to do this. Uh, you are I not that's wrong. true, uh, but doesn't make it not a punishment. Like if somebody is a professional assassin, and you why do you think servicer, it's a punishment? <laughs> if someone is a professional assassin, you make him a servicer. Is, is that a punishment? Uh, if someone is a professional assassin, and why did they become a servicer? To, to strip them of the ability to get money. Oh, then that's probably a punishment, yes. Um, suppose they were professional assassins so they could get food now, and now they're a servicer, they're going to have food forever, but, you know, can't get money to buy food, so we're going to give them the thing they want, but we'll take away the ability uh, to profit from it in the way they thought they were going to profit from it. If, if I spent my whole life starting world-changing fires in order to pursue my goal of um, having a really nice car. And then you said, I'm going to punish you. Uh, I'm going to give you that really nice car you wanted, and I'm going to make sure you keep it forever. No. You need to have at least two ob objects of want in this, right? So, uh, the unfortunate the problem is, is you guys are going, uh, at least Liam and like this uh, analogies are kind of pushing away the fact that the really base punishment is against a base human right, almost. And that's, like, I think more of the issue. Because, like, yeah, you can compare it to a car, but people don't need a car. Obviously, we're like, oh, well, yeah, of course, blah, 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 car. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's a basic human right. Cars are so, a human right yeah. in Terra Ignata. I will fight you about this. In Terra Ignata, yes. But also in Terra Ignata, I don't think you anyone owns cars. Yes, they do. Individual? Oh, well... Occam. Individual Mooktons. I mean, yes, Occam. But I mean, like, in the sense of the senior Chris, which we watched, yes, it's they weren't yeah. a Mook that does. But I'm talking it's about, like, no one's going out there and, like, fighting for a Porsche. <laughs> you actually oh, have, have brought up a really interesting point, which is are there people who, like, go out of their way to purchase a car and, like, decorate it and have it follow them around? I always thought that's. I, I Humanists exist. Yes, they do. People can sell anyway, mods yeah. on cars. We know that. Alejandro, go for it. Sorry, I thought it was analogous to the role of horses in today's culture. Like, we don't use them as a means of transportation, mostly, but we have them, or rich people have them. 
Yeah. Yes. And not rich people, but like yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... No, I only say that because uh, my my family owned horses for quite a while. Oh, I see. But, I'm um, sorry. No. Um, it's yeah, just, really I, funny. It is a status symbol in some circles to have horses, but yeah. obviously there are a lot of other people who have them for other reasons, and maybe crawly cars in the Terry Ignota future are the same way. I feel like yeah. generically having the... a horse is such a status symbol. It just also is you own horses because you can get them to like ranch. Also, a big reason um, for is just like I said, if there's any way, shape, or form to use an item for sport, we absolutely have it because humanists exist. If you're telling me there's no drag racing in this universe, um, that's <laughs> fucked up. Sounds right. <laughs> there is, there is drag racing. Yeah. Um. But oh. even beyond, Cato has. Uh, or maybe it's not. No, it's. I think it is Cato has a spider wheelchair from Utopians. And Tully. That's, oh, that's Tully. so sick. Very fun. Oh, it was Tully. Yeah. That's great. Yes, it is it fantastic, is and I genuinely want one. Yeah. More stuff should walk. Right? The problem is, is that robotics that walk like that are typically considered to be, like, not very good or less advantageous, which is absolute horseshit. I don't care. Um, they look cool, and that's really all that should matter. If I was in a wheelchair, I wouldn't want to be so easily stymied by stairs. But a spider chair, no problem. I, I get, yeah. Good point. Do you think they have, like, wheelchair accessible stuff now, or does everybody have spider chairs? I think they definitely don't, because they don't even have wheelchair accessible houses. People live in the middle of the woods. That um, I think that's by choice. I think a, every by average, but B, I think every average city has wheelchair accessible everything. Every government building, every big building is probably wheelchair accessible. Wait, but why would it be? But also, why wouldn't it be? How many people are in wheelchairs? We don't know. Probably not that many. Probably some. Because like, yeah, there's probably actually... some with utopian hospitals around. Yeah, we talked about the this. Only um, people yeah. we see in wheelchairs are people who are like imminently critically injured and in active recovery from that. Tully. Sure, but um well one Tully, anyone who's lived on the um lived off world for long enough, two, uh I mean no one was in a wheelchair and if I recall correctly, I think Mycroft was in a is in the wheelchair up until the very end, and that's quite a while. Yeah, Mycroft is um, described with a walker in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, people get old. Listen, like, you people can only... lived off-world. Apparently, and this remains the most disappointing piece of news I received doing this podcast, but apparently, instead of hiring from the jockey pool, astronauts are all, like, in shape uh, and tall. So, I contend utopians probably exercise in space enough that they can come back. The thing is, is you but, probably exercise a lot, but there is a point where you can't exercise enough. If I recall correctly, the thing I, with Tully is that like Tully has was net, spent, left the world at like eight, and then yeah, they were very. Uh, in addition, um, this is actually talking about the author in an AMA, which I can talk to you about now. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So like many, all, lots of things that would cause people to be in wheelchairs now uh, are solved problems in Terry Nada world, so they don't cause people to need wheelchairs. But yeah. um, many things which are would be fatal conditions uh, are partially made better by terrible medicine to the point where the people involved live but have disabilities. 
Hmm. That makes sense. Yes. I think this is about, like, specifically, the comment was about, like, uh, blind and deaf people, but I think it also applies to wheelchairs. Um, and then, more broadly, it turns out that, like, with the the constant presence of, like, these uh, media devices, uh, there's less of the use of, like, sign language and um, Braille in Terranata world. Yeah, I will agree. Those are probably... They are probably preserved by very strong belief strap, uh, like almost nation straps, probably. But there is a other than that, yeah, people are complaining about a, a possible death. <laughs> they they phrase it in the sort of inflammatory way as a death genocide. Um, yeah. Now, I don't think it qualifies as genocide on a couple accounts, but it, they they do have a, a face and a ratio of like uh, a culture. Uh... Oh. Yes, deafness is definitely a culture. However, I can definitely say, as someone with a like illness or mal malady, I would be perfectly happy to completely destroy any culture related to that to uh, not have to deal with it. Yeah, I think that's generically pretty true. It's just that, like, unlike a lot of disability cultures, deafness like has a language. Um, yes. No. Like deafness yes. is probably the most in culture of like a lot of uh, like in a, like mm. a, almost a literal formal sense, you probably have like uh, what, what can be called a culture. Yeah, like, language poses a lot of problems on that front. Yeah. But yeah, but I also believe this universe is probably much more interested in keeping things uh, not dying than say our current one, which is Gaelic is probably preserved in some way, shape, or form. Yes, does, do people speak it often? Probably not, but it's probably. Genuinely, somewhat preserved in some way or form. I, yeah, the, the country Gaelic. of Ireland will not let Gaelic die. Uh, to the, the right frustration now. of uh, Irish students everywhere. Yep. There are Gaelic signs in uh, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland. I think both. Really? <laughs> I, I, you know what? Here's a thing that I need to admit. I was told those signs were Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> However, maybe what, it isn't. What what was what did the sign have like a Latin alphabet? Uh, Christ, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Like, what can you remember a word after those signs? No. Okay. Because they were like locations. Okay. Um, am am I just lying about? Let me check. I the person who told me this has had a history of. Just lying. It, it turns out later it was just not a true thing that they said, <laughs> but it sounded cool. Um, I, oh, also, actually, mm -hmm. a question I wanted to ask both of you: What did you feel, or how did you feel about the ending? Ending with um, the reader and Thomas Hobbes actually. Ooh, this is juicy. Oh, it's it's a it's a Minecraft hallucination. Yeah, I don't think it's true. Oh, yeah, really? okay. Thank God. Um, can you agreed on like, something. I, it, Finally, it took, it, it took until the last chapter, but they agreed. I'm so Not proud. just the last chapter, the end of the last chapter. It was the last paragraph, <laughs> yeah, and then we went. The yes, we can come together. So you don't think it was a time jump, and like no. this is back when they've gotten uh, the ability to revive people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Because that would be wild. How did Wouldn't this happen? It? If that's what it is. It uh, would be worthwhile. Why would Mycroft have written that down? Why would he not? It's Mycroft. 
So people, but how I guess. Um, so people speak Gaelic like enough to be science in um, in Nova Scotia. I know that um, as I'm in Winnipeg, right? Uh, and people speak um, like low German around here. Um, yeah, so it fun. looks like Canadian Gaelic is a related language that is slightly different, and that's what the signs are written in. Okay, but uh, it, right I wonder. Exactly. It sounds like the people there, it's actually the same language, and there's being asses. Um, oh, you mean like the French and Canadian <laughs> French? French? About, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, that, that's one of the examples. Um, but also, um, oh, do I don't want to talk about this. I do want to talk about this. Uh, so in the Balkans, there's a language which is spoken in Bosnia, Croatia, and Serbia, and they're so angry about the fact that it's the same language. But it is the same language based on the same dialect in the same small set of villages in that place. That's hilarious. Um, uh, you can go to the Wikipedia page for um, what's it called? It's called Serbo-Croatian. Um, that's the, the technical name for it. And the talk page, people are so angry. They keep accusing all the, the people editing that Wikipedia page of being, like, pro-genocide. It's very funny. Um, because this, this is a part of, like, um, uh, to, 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 to a Boston that sort of like, it's a funny bit. Uh, this is part of um, uh, Serbian, I think, propaganda, and that they want to say things like, I don't know, Bosnians are wayward Muslim uh, Serbians, and that Croatians are wayward Catholic Serbia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they'll, but like, and so it's sort of part of these justification for like various movements for conquerors. Um, but it is the same language. Like it's it's a design it, language yeah. with specification from the same couple of villages. It's like they all can <laughs> communicate very clearly. Um, if you put everybody in a room, they'd all completely understand each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, big question. Is there anything, uh, probably because I'm assuming we might be the last guests, uh, or you're going to keep going till midnight, which would be hilarious. <laughs> what is the something from each of you that you haven't talked about yet that you really want to do? Let me check. Now, um, it has been seven consecutive hours. So. It sure has. Not but I also things. know Martyr. I say I also know Martyr, and I know that people like to ramble. So Maybe I have some. Um... I have written down a note that I'm now confused by, which says, discuss that, and then an arrow pointing at the words, 9A exists. Huh. Could it be the uh, paragraph where they talk about 9A winning the Nobel Prize, and then the brackets yes. 9A in it? Oh, that's probably it. We already talked about that at length. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Excellent interpreting. Bummer. I couldn't oh. do it. Uh that's so, a giant bummer because uh, I am here to uh, stand up for 9A a little bit. But anyway, continue. So we get information about what the religious, what the uh, reservation groups are. We learn that there's the UN Guard, there's the um, FMAO, the people in Micronesia, United Nations of the Americans, which I had candidates just literally being the United States, um, the Union of Theological Reservations. The Council of Unlimited Nations, the Sovereignties of Islam, and the World Jewish Congress. And I want to note that um, Sovereignties of Islam and World Jewish Conference are both same religions, therefore, the unaligned religions are unaligned, and then this weirdly neutral name, Union of Theological Reservations, which I take to be the Christian one. And they just didn't feel the need to clarify in their name. 
You know there are other religions that aren't Judaism, Islam, or Christianity, right? The, that's what the Council of Unwind religious, nation, uh, religious Nations are. Oh, Which one? oh I see. That's yeah, yeah. compelling. Yeah, yeah, see? Because <laughs> the unaligned, the Muslims, and the Jewish people, and it's like, why do they need to be unaligned? What are you not Ah, yeah. Yeah, no. So you're saying that, like, the Taoists and the neo-pagans and the Shinto and all that are all shoved into one. Yeah, and they all, like, to, to sort of gain stat clout, right? Um, Which is but, interesting because Hinduism and well Buddhism in general is, if I recall correctly, I think Buddhism is like the second or like first largest. Uh, no, I think Muslim is the largest, but like Buddhism is pretty damn high up there. Buddhism Wait, is high up there, but Buddhism is one of the ones that I'm not quite sure made the cut for being a religion enough to be. To be yeah, that's the I thing. Mean, it's also a okay. more way of life than anything. That's very silly. Like... It's so much a religion. I feel like but the definition... There, there are... mm-hmm. Of religion oh, in Terra yeah. Ignota is if it's a belief that causes a lot of people to kill each other, then it's a religion. Yeah, like, and like, yeah. like this is their definition. Strains of Buddhism for sure count. Um, yes, like uh, strains. Yeah, but I feel like you could also like reform Buddhism enough so like it doesn't look so religious. The people who are primarily concerned about say Christianity and Islam will give it a pass. I do not buy that. Maybe I've just known Buddhists who are too classically religious, but like, it's very much a religion. Oh, for sure. Like, but I oh, just yes, think, I um, think we're they're talking about like what Terragnata people give a shit about, which is, yeah. hmm, are people going to fight are... wars for this? Buddhists are Terragnata people, not Buddhists. I apologize. The Buddhists are like mostly fine, I guess, probably. Um, <laughs> Terragnata people are lunatics about anything that even vaguely suggests religion. The name mm-hmm. Martin is too religious for them. You think they're going to let Buddhism slide? Because they're afraid of certain religions more than others, right? Are they? No, I'm, yes. I'm with Liam on this one. Yes, they are afraid of more religions than uh, of every... They are afraid of more religions than others. I think they're more afraid of Christianity and honestly Christianity. the... Um, I think they're more afraid of the um, Abrahamic religions than anything else. However, I do agree that I don't think they could probably name someone... I mean, this isn't Buddhist, but like uh, Krishna would probably not be kosher to a lot of people. Yeah, like, that'd yeah be that's, a that's true. Um, but I think you could reform a lot of Buddhist practice. Like, there's this thing with, like you have Protestant Buddhism, which is like reform Buddhism in the West is like much less religious than, than the Buddhism uh, as practiced in like, Southeast Asia. Um, and that can probably slide. Um, I agree. I feel like you could interpret Buddhist, for example, meditative practices into like regular Terragnota life and just not mm-hmm. mention where they came from. Yeah. Um, and they're all I, like, of course, the, the actual Buddhist like monasteries and stuff. Yeah. Just meditating isn't a religion. Right, uh, which is why they're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess and just that part. Sure. Meditating you can meditate achieve... in the way that is prescribed by the current Buddhist religion, provided you don't acknowledge that section of it. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. But I, yeah, I do think that there's a possibility that like um, this is the series. This is part of the series, part of the series where like um, it's just too focused on the possibility of the fight between Christianity and Islam, where like there are actually a lot of Hindus and a lot of Buddhists who maybe would have their own thing. Um, But that's that's what I want to say there.
Um, uh, that's not the only thing. I also want out. to say, you you mentioned that the the the, the people in Turkey are not afraid of Abrahamic Christians. I think they're afraid of Muslims and Christianity, and then are afraid of Judea, Jewish people because it reminds them of Christianity and Islam. So basically, the the Abrahamic religion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, as was so helpfully explained to us earlier today, it reminds them of utopians who everyone's weirded out by. <laughs> we had the bullets just on just before you. Uh, Alejandro. Oh, uh, what I was going to say is that that's not the only information about um, reservations that comes out in Chapter 31. Mm -hmm. um, I, are you, I don't, um, there's reference to the uh, Lutheran reservation um, by the Great Lakes. Yeah. Um, and also the uh, the Sahib Reservation in um, what we would call Pakistan, but which they don't, which is interesting. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, huh, that's right. Lutheran, uh, the, um, Reservation is oriented. Uh, it's just simply possible that all of Minnesota is just in there. Yeah. Um, but it also mentions Fargo, which is in North Dakota. So... It's close. That's close to Fargo is like barely in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fargo is like right on the border. <laughs> but my point is that the Lutheran Reservation cannot be identical to Minnesota because it necessarily includes part of North Dakota in it, even if it's a very small part. Mm -hmm. To be fair, I don't know if the United States still the state lines are still look like they do now. Good point. Oh, well, the state lines don't really exist, probably, um, but Fargo does apparently. They exist as the Masons. What? what? Washington, <laughs> the old Masonic stronghold. Oh, they're yeah. the successor. <laughs> yeah. Um, like back in chapter 17, when there was a mention of Texas, um, you asked if Texas inherited uh, the U.S.'s Security Council seat at the United yes. Nations. I think that's a good question. Um, like, we know, like, it's not clear what parts of the United States are reservations and what parts aren't. I think it's it's very interesting to speculate about. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot more of the United States ended up being reservations than it's clear. Like, it seems to be some sort of combination of humanists, masons, and reservations. Um, with the reservation, we know the reservations in the South, where we assume this Baptist republics are. Um, and I've already gotten my spiel about how Baptists exist in a... Uh, a uh, play only exists in, in places where already tolerant of uh, different Christianities. Um, Texas and at the West, like, as you go west, it's making there's more reservations, um, but we don't quite see what's, what's happening there. I think Utah was mentioned, which yeah, yeah, Utah. makes sense. Oh, Utah has to be, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it would be genuinely weird if Utah was not a uh, reservation. Uh, there was uh, also the Mennonite reservation. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an author called Henry Harry Turtledove, and he writes a bunch of alternate history books. And at, almost to a team, all of his books, whenever there's a Utah, there's a Utah, there's Mormon terrorists. Um, <laughs> uh, and there's like an interminable war between the U.S. and Utah in, in the desert. Technically speaking, Every this is... Historically based because oh yeah that whole time in the eighteen hundreds with the I forget the name of it there was some massacre it was bad yeah fortunately, like oh yeah fortunately they're better now uh, well this is, okay the way you phrase it so like there's a couple things there um, first people I think he wants to have an analogy with the um, 
with the war in Afghanistan, but the analogy closer to home to a lot more Americans. And then second, um, historically speaking, the Mormons were chased and Lindsay Park suited, like, just, that's why they're in Utah. They were chased out of every state they tried to settle in. Um, yeah. Like, people tried to accuse them of treason and stuff. It was real bad. Um, and then, even then, in Utah, like, it was a whole thing to, for them to join the Union and stuff. And they kept, like, destroying different bits and killing different peoples. And it was, a, it was there was also a massacre of, of Native Americans they did, um, which was bad. Um, oh. Yeah, they, they, they were, it was very violent. Um, speaking of Native Americans, that's another random world building detail. Um, the Cherokee have entered, the, have joined the European <laughs> Union, which is, yes. as a fact, yes. so good. That is, I forgot about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I feel like this chapter is just like um, Ada Palmer's world-building fireworks show finale, where <laughs> she You're not wrong. fits in everything that she couldn't fit into previous chapters, like the orangutan miner, um, yeah, yeah, and and the Cherokee and the EU and just everything else. It's like, okay, I haven't put it in. I'm going to put it here, um, and it is so great because now you can, you know, you guys are going to reread the series. I reread the mm -hmm. series. I'm sure. Uh, Nemo reread the series. Everybody, you know, most of us are going to reread the series. And when you do, you can keep in mind, oh, hey, the Great African Reservation. Yeah, that's to the UN, um, you know, <laughs> you know, and all these other things. And it's just and, and a lot of them are even in this very chapter. So you have to go back and reread the whole series, you know, and it's slightly different. And it's just great. And it's also no, yeah. because like the first couple times it comes up, the first time I think it's like, there are lions and my cuffs. Gave a kid to a lion there. And the second time it's like, here's an immigrant from there. And then suddenly they have armies and are invading Casablanca. <laughs> Speaking we of... find out they've been doing wars this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Which means, if they were doing wars the whole time, that means that Achilles wasn't the only war expert. They could have yes. asked the president of them. Yes. Oh, yes. Anyone, anyone outside of the hives, they could have asked, but he's the first war expert inside the hives. And I think, uh, I think Mycroft is again. This shows him as an unreliable narrator that he's like, oh, outside the hives, yet yeah, that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah the, why would we talk about that? Um, oh, speaking of which, Dembele's speech. Oh, so good. I loved it. Yes, it was great. That's pretty good. I'm sure you've already talked about it, so we won't dwell on it. But it is great. Uh, I think I just endorsed it every time it comes up. I was endorsed it. Uh, completely. I think Mike uh, Mata had a thing on there about like maybe kingdoms and uh, authoritarian structures. Other structures are also bad. And I'm like, yeah, sure, probably they're also bad. Um, I don't think anyone disagrees with like the meat of the speech. It's you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, because there's a human uh, real shitty things sometimes for sure. So, um, how do you defend your empire, Mason? <laughs> Uh, so, I don't know if you've heard about this, but we have a god king now who's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> this is acknowledged in the speech and criticized on the grounds that you will not always have such a perfect ruler. Uh, fundamentally yeah. object. I think they're wrong on the facts and that they will always have that perfect ruler now. But also, um, you know... I just think a lot of it, it genuinely isn't as big of a problem as as they're making it out to be. Oh yeah, um, this is a great line. We did like, um, 
you know you've gotten better at first contacts, but not better enough to keep my contact from being a bloody one. Um, although I am the gentlest being you'll ever likely ever encounter. And that feel when I read that, it felt to me like it did, which is abdicating responsibility, just so goddamn hard in that sentence. It, it gave me a, a spin. <laughs> oh, abdicating for disability? Is that what you said? Abdicating the responsibility. Oh, abdicating responsibility. Okay. Like they're, they're like six on the list. There's not that many people on the list, actually. So you can be random. gentle and make mistakes. Yeah, but it's such a big mistake. You can. Big random uh, aside because I actually want to hear uh, water on this. Uh, how about those pigeons? Which pigeons? All the doves. <laughs> yes. The the doves the, the the doves are so good. They're so mean. Uh, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, I didn't say this before, but it, it's so funny to me to think about. Like they've they've managed to get through a war with like minimal deaths, and they get all these notes from these petty people. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> did my side win? If you're ex, fuck you. Um, uh, you <laughs> shouldn't eat the candy I put in here. <laughs> this uh, medicine is for humanists only. Non-humanists, please put back. <laughs> and there was a lot of like you know good things and good things that were said, but yeah, no, the the uh, passive aggressive peace dubs are very very funny, and they're not phoenixes, and they're not here to kill people. No, they aren't. Um, although I They're bet just some of them to make a mockery of the emperor, which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> They're there to them? make Martin look silly. Was shot out of the sky because people got real weird about animals during this time period. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, it's probably so many like random animals just point extinct. Ah. <laughs> uh. No, no, I do think that Mitsubishi probably went really hard to make sure that that was like not a thing that happened. I mean, oh, they protected like, a mosquito sanctuary, so you know. Oh, the mosquito sanctuary is probably. I like, forgot about that. It's, it's that feels like a mistake. Yep. Well, it's probably. It a, is a mistake. <laughs> As a person notably who adores insects, it's a mistake. Fuck mosquitoes. Uh, yeah, mosquitoes suck, but um, yes, they do. It, do. it does. <laughs> It does mean they've eradicated mosquitoes outside of the reservation, the strategic mosquito reserve. Does it? They have to. They have to have a reserve for them. You don't need to I reserve so. mosquitoes right now. I no, can have I a actually... reserve of something that there's still a bunch of everywhere. Uh, I think they're considered, reserves... for example. Yeah, nature reserves are typically specifically for animals that will be or could be endangered if those reserves didn't exist. Oh, but mosquitoes also... for sure could be endangered. I bet if you didn't have a strategic mosquito reserve, every week and a half, somebody would put together a mosquito genetic virus that kills all mosquitoes. <laughs> yes. Also, That's there are mosquitoes out there that do not suck blood. There are a good chunk of, like, of specifically those uh, that uh, genus that don't, but for all the blood suckers and all that, fuck them. They're terrible. The Earth will adapt. It's done it before. Okay. So, like, it's specifically to mosquitoes, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be fine, but not something for every animal. Uh, even though the Earth has adapted every time we've lost a chunk, a chunk of the animal population. Why do you think that's not true? Uh, I think it can we affect the world have... we care about, right? Like, uh, 
So the world does adapt when a species uh, are extinct. However, when a massive amount of extinction happens all at once, it is very slow to adapt backwards. Like, it, it takes a long fucking ass time for uh, niches to be refilled. Perhaps the niche of hateful isn't one we need to refill. <laughs> oh, man, I, mean, to I don't disagree. Everything. Um, I wanted to... I, uh, I'm through everything, yeah, but yeah. I had plenty of yep. time. I was gonna say, so yeah, you all went over uh, Julia and uh, Sniper's talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's... So, I guess here's and the, the last big question that we need to ask, and it's, do we do a fade-out? I want to see oh, sure Nemo and Alejandro have things they don't want to talk about. And then we talk about fade-outs. I appreciate the courtesy. Um, to get back to Nemo's bird question, um, the, uh, it's like, there's so many images of birds um, in this chapter. They seem to come up a lot more. Um, and uh, there's, there's multiple usages of what the flock of birds means. It goes all the way back to um, the place that started it at all, which is, of course, Cielo de Pajaros, um, which is Spanish for um, sky of birds. Um, and it's um, so the and and um, Jed's symbol is a flock of V's that are like birds and they fly in a V shape. Um, and um, the cousins, um, I wanted to talk about the cousins, um, but I'm sure you guys already have. Um, but um, no cousin has talked about cousins. What do you think? Ah, uh, see, I was this is another one that completely shocked me when I read it the first time. Um, because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what did the, the cousins? what did the cousins do? Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much, Alejandro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like individual cousins, sure. Like cookie are bad, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but I didn't think that the organization of the cousins itself was to blame for these problems. Um, and so I was very surprised that the cousin hive itself was dismantled. Um, However, upon reflection, um, I realized that um, actually, no, it was kind of um, like they're, they're, the cousins have a lot of problematic tendencies. Um, and I'm not sure if this is the best method to solve them, um, but I do think it's good that they're making a cousin strat that accomplishes a similar purpose because it's kind of, it's starting to like blur the lines between what a hive is or isn't. And it's like hinting at like another means of political organization altogether where like all laws are voluntary and you don't end up in these like um, big problematic groups where, um, oh, you like boots. Okay. Then you also have to vote for your candidate like this. And, oh, you want to wear, um, suits, okay, well, then you have to have absolute allegiance to a person. Or, um, like, those are um, frivolous examples. The real problems are things like, um, oh, um, you like social work, um, then you have to live in an organization with this particular structure or things like that. And so tying the government structure to the laws um, and, like, the rules that you'd like to live by um, is, is another assumption that just kind of went unquestioned for a long time um and like all the hives we've seen have had a particular government structure and also a particular law code 
Um, but there's no reason why they have to go together. And so the, the cousins breaking off and becoming a strat, I think, is an interesting take on this. Also, the concept of a cousin strat is great. I love all of the people who, uh, like the people who were chosen to be parts of it. I especially like um, the Emperor Spain um, being put in there because, first of all, um, he's the emperor now. So shouldn't he be called Europe instead of Spain? Um, but secondly, <laughs> um, I, Spain is one of the most indisputably man people in this story and to have him join the cousin strat suggests either that the cousins are not 100% women like everyone thought whatever that might mean or that the cousin strat is going to be less problematically feminine can we say than the um than the cousin hive was um yeah and problematically um and so either of those two conclusions is good because um as as a cousin who um, feels like I have certain feminine traits, but not like all the way to say that I'm a woman. Um, I thought it was a good touch to have and um, to have this person who is indisputably masculine, um, which leads into a whole side tangent. But the reason why um, uh, I said that the King of Spain is indisputably masculine is that he did the most. Um, he did. <laughs> oh yes, the he most did, masculine thing of most? all time. Oh. Yes, he did the most masculine thing possible, which is um, shoot a person who is sleeping with your wife. <laughs> it's immediately yep. on site. The king of Spain even like has angst later, like, "Hey, does this mean, is this sexist? Like, what did I do?" <laughs> like, yeah, King of Spain is very masculine. Yes. Anyway, um, and actually, no, you go, Nemo. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I love actually King of Spain's masculinity and how it foils uh, Mason's quote-unquote masculinity. Ah, yes, very oh, Mason. Um, Mason's masculinity is entirely theoretical. Um, yes, because his masculinity is quote-unquote masculinity is meant to be quote-unquote or is meant to be foiling uh, Costala's quote-unquote femininity. It, yeah. And then, like, they just, it's just not, it's just clearly yeah. they had two kinks, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yep. Um, well, not just the kinks, but also, agree. they're not just kinks, but they're also pressured by their hives. Again, as Alejandro was saying, like, if you're a cousin, you're a, a, a woman, or at least that's what people think or thought, or is, like, subconsciously Let's... thought, and say it with Masons, they think that you're a guy. So these people had, because of the heads of these things, they have to have to perform as these genders that everyone kind of probably pressures them into. Like to some degree, like they they expect Mason to be hard hard nosed, and they expect the cousin leader to be soft. Um, but even then, like they're successful in part because of how much they belie the expectations, right? Because Kosala yeah. is so unexpectedly hard nosed, is able to do all sorts of um, things and act competently in various disasters and because mason is uh not uh he can respond reasonably given time to the sort of um in spite of the pressure to be uh very aggressive in certain situations um, yeah this whole the, the whole thing is just a commentary on gender and how a lot of our preconceived notions of it is complete horseshit given time i don't want to note that if you don't give mason enough time uh, they will have a fit and then die, and then it sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's. Do you really want to do this but, again? 
Okay, to finish the uh, cousin conversation, um, the creation of Kith um, mm -hmm. is a, a logical follow-up because I think a lot of people uh, in the Cousin Hive did like the Cousin Hive, so it makes sense to make something that's similar to it. The name is kind of dumb um, because it's just like a word for relatives, so it's basically just cousins. But, I think um, it specifically means cousins, yeah. And, oh, Kith does it? Kith is weird because Kith and Kin are Kin are the closer uh, closer relatives. It, it is similar to cousin, but I think it is more widespread than cousin. I see. You have to be like everyone related. The other thing about Kith is that we never actually see anyone join it, which is very funny. Um, yeah, that so is like cool. um, we don't know if Kith is going to be like a hotbed of nurturism or if it's going to be like a better <laughs> version of the cousins. Um, we don't yeah. know. We're gonna see. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> I, I think it's something that um, I think it's something that they uh, unfortunately ran out of space for. Yeah, we will not see. I have bad news on that front. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, the other thing you mentioned earlier, the garden references. Um, I wanted to bring up the fact that another thing with Utena is a huge aspect or uh, thing about a garden. Like that's another layer for why gardens are important. Was that a garden, really? Yeah. It was a giant bird cage. I wish I had. I More mean... birds! Even better. Yeah. There may have been plants in it, and Anthony may have technically been doing a task called gardening, but it did not take place <laughs> in a garden. Every word you say underpins oh. so much. It's, it, it really a... doesn't. It is a garden, but it is also a cage. Is a small can people can't have things. small gardens. Things can be two things. It's possibly like a garden doesn't have garden. to be massive. Everything was in pots. Yes. Yes. Have you not heard of the hanging garden of Babylon? Was that a bunch of pots? Because if yes. so, I've been misled. Yes. Yes. Ridiculous. Specifically, yes. I disapprove. Do a better job, Babylon. <laughs> Do you think the uh, the Rain the Conqueror was an accurate portrayal of the Hanging Garden of Babylon? Uh, I don't remember. How did they do the Hanging Garden? They had a gravity, uh, they had an anti-gravity generator. Yes. And literally hung them upside down. Yes, that is what I thought happened. Okay. Someone is putting forth a lot of, uh, noise. Sorry, it might be me. I think it is Alejandro, but that's fine. Anything else you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I was on. Uh, you, what do you think about the humanists? I think, uh, I mean, I just, yeah, humanists are great. It is exactly where I need to be. There's a reason I switched from, from Utopia. I but think like the, they... The, the reform. If I recall correctly, that's the thing is, I remember more about Sniper's speech than I actually remember about the Reformation. Well, the Reformation uh, is they're just the same now. They're the same thing. They don't change anything a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm perfectly okay with that. Mostly because I don't think the humanists... A lot of people blame the humanists or one of the humanists to be blamed for a lot of things, but they were the ones that stepped up and actually took Jed's... And, like, they, they took Jed's call. Jed wanted two sides. Sniper did it. And the humanists were the only ones that actually did the war pretty much exactly how Jed kind of wanted it. So I, I was perfectly happy with that. The system more or less works, and it has problems, yes. Um, 
but other than OS being a hidden part of it, I think it'll be very interesting to see how the how the humanist evolve once OS is absolutely not a thing. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how to predict a lot because there's so many different things that could happen, right? I think almost the like, humanists are like the most are surprisingly durable as a governmental system. Yes, because yes, it's a popularity contest, but it it's a weird popularity contest. I. I would like to see a popular contest that um, has the conditions that this one does in the sense of how government rule. I would love to see how it plays I, like in real life with the whole, like, depending on how many votes anyone gets, it turns from a president to a duality to a triumvirate to a, mm -hmm. you know, council of 25. It would be, I, I'm yeah. very curious to see how that would work in real life. That would be very fun. Because um, I think it's the only form of government um, in this book, other than obviously the cousins, that really have no real life allegory. Um, obviously, democracy, but it's never been like that. So I can't really reliably say, ah, this is a fail point because. The uh... Mitsubishi. Um, the Mitsubishi is very clearly just an enlarged version of a corporate uh, structure, um, which we have I... had uh, govern cities before. But it's not true that in typical structure that if you, for example, remodel your apartment building, you may get more votes. Um, I would have to see if any of the old mining towns um ended up like that. If like no, there was a <laughs> if there is a like back system of um if you did enough or if you worked enough or if you got enough blank, you got more like say or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. That's pretty fair. Um I think the Mitsubishi, you said Utopia. Obviously, a government as convoluted and ridiculous as the European Union could never exist in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say Utopia, actually. That is that is fair. I said um, I said the uh, well, the, the Utopia might be just like the Internet Engineering Task Force, which exists. Pretty much, it is. Yeah, it um, it is because it is considered the, to be the loosest hive. The greatest motto I have ever heard, um, which is, we reject kings, presidents, and voting. Uh, we endorse rough consensus and running code. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it's a great motto. Yeah, and you I can just, like, it. join or whatever part of the... Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, my big thing was uh, wanting to talk about... Um... The first thing I talked about, which was Utopia's quote-unquote punishment. So, yeah. I do, I do have another observation, which is um, tangentially related to um, the things we brought up. And that is that um, the, uh, um, of the seven hives, um, four of them uh, had to submit reform proposals in um, Will to Battle. And we actually see three of those reform proposals and really four of them get adopted pretty much exactly as they were proposed. The EU gets its mm -hmm. emperor, the humanists mm -hmm. do nothing. Um, the cousins get a parliament through Kith, but um, the cousin Strat is new. So that's the half. And then mm -hmm. the Mitsubishi do all their complicated set set stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So in a way, Jed did nothing. If you look at only those four hives, because um, aside from like the initial call to reform in the first place, um, like these proposals came about independent of him um, and just kind of happened.
But the uh, I mean, we'll he was, say the cousin one. He was a very large part of the cousin one. Yeah, that's true. Um, he he basically wrote the cousin constitution. I forgot about that. But like, um, those were like other things. But then the other three hives are like totally dependent on him. So at first, when I was reading this, I was like, and I realized this, I was like, oh, Jed did nothing. But actually, like Jed did a lot of things. It's just they were mostly concentrated in the other three hives: um, Mason's, Gordian, and Utopia. Which, yeah. <laughs> Um, the important yeah. also, even in general, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I thought it was a little bit in the beginning, um, but even in general, there's like sort of a mute. There's not much change. As the comparison I made was to the Mexican Revolution. Uh, so in the Mexican Revolution, if you track uh, who won what and whose side of people are on, the people who started the revolt lose in the end. It takes like ten years to to, to run this out, but like they eventually just lose. But the government eventually uh, realizes they need to throw up some legitimacy, so they have a constitutional convention, and they just don't care who gets elected and what they write down. And they <laughs> end up electing reformists and revolutionaries who write down like a proto-social, I say proto-socialist, but like nearly socialist, it's already like 1910, they're like already a socialist around, but like nearly socialist constitution and putting it into form, uh, inspiring in part the um, early constitution of the USSR, which on paper looked interesting, you know, much like the US Constitution, which was also only looked interesting on paper in the beginning. Um, but in the end, a lot of the things the revolutionaries wanted got implemented, like land reform, uh, like they're trying to box out the American influence uh, it, of the economy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is like the opposite of that. Um, the Hive Guard lost, technically. But mostly things didn't really change. Like the things that the biggest changes are things that won't even propose with themselves happen to the, as you said, the Utopians, the Gordians, um, and the Masons. Uh, but the Utopian proposal, as extreme as it is, and it's the most extreme thing to happen, will happen in 700 years. They're going yeah. to translate some things, and the Masons promise in three years to reallocate some Senate seats. Like, and their oath is public. And their oath is public. That's pretty yes, good. it is. Which is huge. Only kind of him, though. Yeah. So the thing is, is what's interesting is that as much as, like I said, from our perspective, the Utopian oath, or the Utopian, not, the Utopian, uh, I want to say punishment, but I'm going to get jumped on that for that one. The Utopian mm -hmm. answer seems much more harsh than all the rest of them, but I do think that the oath becoming like 99.9% .9 public and the realists being forced out of secrecy are just as impactful and just as heavy for those specific hives. They're just not something that we as readers, because we didn't experience it or can't really uh, like grok it so much. Yeah, we can't empathize this, um, with how actually intense that is. Well, don't worry, the realists do agree with you um, that the, the forcing out of secrecy is a really big deal. Yeah. Um. In, in that the two uh, two brilliant guests did agree with you. Um, uh, I guess I, I don't think though it's such a big deal. Um, the the off being public is a big deal, but like the actual big thump of that happened already. I think. Oh yeah, that would say this is a big deal to them specifically. It's like not to the world, but like to them as individuals. Like it's yeah. a by that very metric, I would say that the utopia thing is not only fine, 
but like, not only is it the least bad thing that happened to a hive, it goes all the way back into being an actively positive thing happening for the hive. I don't know. I think the least bad one still is the humanist. What happened to the humanist again? Just nothing, right? Nothing. 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 Yeah. Utopia's still coming out on top. It's, it's less bad than nothing. <laughs> it's in fact so unbad, it's just good. So what you're it's saying a is, bit is frightening sounding at first. The problem is, is like you have to in order to, to stop the wandering, you have to renounce your home, your your hive, which if you, it basically you, which you would do like anyway. Asking, it's like asking as as other people have said before, it is the most um it is the most almost like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Words I'm failing. If you uh, but claim basically to be, be a like utopian. Saying, hey, and you stay, you don't deserve to be a utopian anyway. You renounced the spirit of your hive. We're just making sure you follow through on it. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to wander forever, but I guess I have to renounce being being Christian or being Jewish. Like, Okay, if you want to use that analogy, if you're saying like, man, I don't want to accept Jesus permanently. I guess I have to renounce being Christian. Yes! So the thing um... is, there's a difference between accepting Jesus into your life and also never being allowed to have a home. They're different bodies. They're different organizations that ask different things of you. But living up to the utopian dream is to spread through space, not hang out on Mars forever. The analogy that, uh, the phrase that I think Harrell and uh, Amada use is like ethnic cleansing. Because yeah. it is, like, the Ethiopia is an ethnic group. Um, I guess it won't be one ethnic group once they're done with this. Which is going to be interesting in and of itself. But, um... Actually, I mean, I do yeah, wonder he, if this is the an allegory to the, the wandering Jew of, you know, um, yeah, the Bible. They mentioned that. It doesn't actually show up in the Bible, but yeah. Oh, that's right. You're correct. Um, so many things you think so in the Bible, just don't. Yeah. Holy Spirit? Maybe. Trinity? Not at all. Um, nope. The word Trinity, no, but there are verses that mention the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in a row. But it's not, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, well then. But, like, the specific doctrine of Trinity doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not specific called that. I need to, I haven't read the Bible, honestly, since I was young, and I actually probably should sit down.